Hey everybody, it's Dean Jackson. And Joe Polish. And listen, before yes. this week's episode, we've got some amazing news for you. It's kind of stellar news, kind of galactic news, wouldn't you say, Joe? Pretty galactic, if I had to say so myself. <laughs> so, here's the cool thing. We have been hard at work, and we are putting together right now, as we speak, the very first I Love Marketing book. And what we've done is we have taken all of the transcripts from the first year of I Love Marketing, the first 50 episodes. We had over 1,600 pages of transcripts. And we've gone through and we've edited down those 1,600 pages to 425 pages of the very best of the first 50 episodes of I Love Marketing. And we have put that together in an incredible coffee table size book that is a grand compendium of all of the wisdom in the first 50 episodes of I Love Marketing. And so we thought, what are we going to do to celebrate this? How are we going to launch this book into orbit? And then we got to thinking, what would be better than to actually launch this book into orbit? <laughs> What do you think about that, Joe Polish? Well, you know, hey, considering I have my connections, uh, that's exactly what's being done. And not only is the book being literally launched into space, it, it is truly, there's a balloon that is going to float this book. And this is not a joke, along with figurines of me and Dean. Not fig figurine, stop that. Figurine sounds so feminine. Action Ag figures yes. of you and me. Yeah. Action figures. They are action figures. I'm glad you actually stepped in and it made that more manly. Uh, they are action figures of me and Dean along with our friend. If he can make it, if he can make it up there, Peter Diamandis as an action figure. So we're, we're going to all go it? up in the space along with the I Love Marketing first amazing book. So this the space is space edition. Yes. So here's what we decided to do is we're going to actually issue a limited edition space edition of the I Love Marketing Volume 1 with the first 50 episodes of I Love Marketing transcripts. And you can be part of this. Here's what we've got for you. We're only going to print as many of this limited edition as we have Space cadets taking part in this space mission. Now, here's the thing. Timing is of the essence. The launch is actually taking place this week on the 27th. Is that the date? I think so. So we have to have all of our space cadets on board with the mission here by the 26th of May. And what we're going to do is we're going to send this special book into orbit and we're going to have in this special edition the names of all of the people who took part in the very first Isle of Marketing space mission. I like it. It's, very it's pretty good. exciting. It's, now, how it's much very did you exciting. expect that people would have to pay to take part in a space mission like this? I know you can go to the space station for $20 million. But that seems a little bit out of line, doesn't it? Yes. And also, you know, considering, you know, the great expense that we're going through in order to make this happen, and it is not a cheaply endeavor in order to do this, uh, it 
easily people would in turn you know you can't even really place a monetary value on it though because if people actually utilize what's in this book the numerous uh best practices and strategies and methodologies that are proven to make money um, it could be worth millions of dollars to somebody. So, I mean, but I we're think not going to charge them millions of dollars, are we? No, no, not, not, not even $1 million. So what's the catch? Half a million? Well, Richard Branson would charge $200,000, but that's actually to take you into space, right? Right. And you certainly wouldn't get any of the strategies you're going to get with this book. That's very true. You'd go and up you to the space a, and you'd be a, like, a, I went up to the space, but I have yeah. no marketing strategies. Right. Exactly. So How about I mean, $10,000. Do you think 10, that would be reasonable? It would definitely be worth that. It would be yeah. more than more than reasonable. How about $99? <laughs> That's way too cheap. That's way way I mean it's it's almost like you know it would have to be someone's lucky day to ever get an opportunity even anywhere near that and to know that they're part of history making. Literally. That's exactly. Let's do then that's settled. Ninety nine dollars it is. Okay. There we go. So I for, think I'm uh, very I'm very excited about this. So today, <laughs> before you listen to today's episode, here's what you need to do is go to ilovemarketing.com right now and click on the link to join our space mission. That's it. That's all you need to do. And uh, your life will never be the same. I think that's uh, it goes without saying. So there you go. So that's, we'll that's what we're up with, to. Uh, we'll be back with Mission Control Updates. Yes, exactly. Now enjoy the upcoming episode of I Love Marketing. Anything else you want to say, Dean? That's I couldn't have said that better myself. Awesome. I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish, and this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish. And here we are. Here we are. We live. are here live. What, what are we Apollo. doing? What are we doing right now, Dean? We are right here in the Embassy Suites Ballroom in Tempe, Arizona, with our Platinum 2.0 Crusaders here. Give it up for everybody! All right, awesome. And uh, thank you all for being here, of course. And. We dreamt this idea up yesterday, and we decided that we would do a I Love Marketing episode live with everyone in Platinum 2.0 and have uh, everyone that would be wanting to come to the mic and ask us a question to say who they are, um, basically what has happened since the last gathering we had for Platinum 2.0, and what is the question you would like to ask me and Dean about anything, preferably that we can perhaps uh, give some guidance and direction on. Awesome. Let's start with who you are and then take it from there. My name is Jeff Moore. I'm with International Pacific Seafoods in a, a Wild Thing Seafood. Uh, International Pacific is our importing and uh, processing arm that we sell to food service, primarily 
uh, one focus customer, Cisco Food Services. Uh, they do about $40 billion in sales annually. $40 million a year. All right, $40 cool. bill a year. Oh, and, 40 uh, bill. A little over $2 billion in seafood purchases. So, What are you at right now, your company? Uh, well, with Cisco, we're at 25 million and, uh, total, we're at about 36 million. Um, and the, the big aha that came for me was while I was here and then having some subsequent meetings, I was inspired to put a mastermind group together at Cisco, um, that took my 25 million, which is basically 1.2% of total sales for Cisco and doesn't do enough to have the janitor even open the door for me. Um, and uh, put myself in charge to lead and conduct a mastermind group of seafood suppliers that are very similar to me and that they've uh, highly focused on Cisco uh, and put a group together that we can, quote, uh, come together in the spirit of cooperation to uh, uh, improve the benefit yield of our sales calls, sales training, and the solutions we provide their sales reps and sales managers in the pursuit of portico penetration and account penetration in general. And I put this group together, and it calculated about the, the group collectively uh, we call the Gang of Six, and we finish <laughs> with, like, you know, gang signs and stuff like that. But uh, it's like this. It's like six. Just a bunch or, of wild it's either, crazy It's either six quarters, or know, guys yeah. with nipples, whatever that is. Yeah, right, means. right. But, uh, um, wow. The, wow. <laughs> So anyway, this gang of yeah. six actually represents over $650 million in sales for Cisco. And so uh, I'm the leader of this group, and I'm setting up weekly calls and all sorts of things. And when we did this meeting, I was smart enough to know when I was getting lucky that I had the meeting held at Cisco Corporate. Didn't invite any of the Cisco people, by the way. Uh, just needed their room. But in the room next door, they were doing profit plan. So every C-level executive at Cisco was in the next room. And they were poking their heads in going, what's going on in here? Yeah. I don't see any Cisco people. And so finally they were like, who did this? This is like the most amazing thing in the world. And they kept going, Jeff Moore did it. Uh, right. I was like, who the hell's Jeff Moore? <laughs> yeah. Does he do business with us? Hardly, but uh, yeah, you know. So That's always how it starts when you do something. Who the hell is Joe Polish? Who the hell is this uh, person? Yeah. yeah. I mean, two yeah. guys were sitting around one day and said, hey, let's create Harvard. Hugely nervous about, uh, hugely nervous before I started that thing and, and uh, had a tremendous amount of support from friends and I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, there's a big lesson in that though, in that there's nobody was waiting to appoint you to the position of the leader of the gang of six. No, leadership's you, assumed, not But granted. then in the same vein, nobody was there to stop you. <laughs> Right? Well, you, you, you self-appointed yourself exactly. as the leader of this gang of six, and now you are the face of not $26 million, $650 million of business, which is a little bit bigger. more. Yeah, exactly. That Good would be you. more then, wouldn't it? That's fantastic. So what was the exercise, what was the thought that led you to doing that? Uh, it was so a we're, confluence of things, yeah. but I actually wanted to share something else and get a question from you guys because okay. I think it was so big on my way out here that I actually missed the turnoff to get to the, on the 60, <laughs> and it was from something, Dean, that we did last last time with mm -hmm. the would you like a cookie. Right. And I used it to the would you like a cookie and gave $25 worth of free fish out to mm -hmm. people that, that was on our customer list. Mm -hmm. And as I'm driving out here, I'm thinking as I'm listening to another Gary Halbert thing, good Lord, um, that I'm like, would you like a cookie? And then I'm like, wait a minute. This cookie contains steroids. Ah. Uh. 
<laughs> now I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't I give the cookie or the gift card to realtors mm-hmm. or landscaped architects right. and all these people and give them a $25 gift card and say, if you would like to give your clients a $25, free $25 gift cards, we would happily supply them to you. Right. However, Mafia are offer coming up here. If you would like to up this and give your clients a $100 gift card, we would happily sell you those $100 gift cards for $50. Right on. And now that's like a huge value. Yeah. We're giving four times the value for only half the cost. Right. Then my, I'm sitting there talking to some people on the way out here, so the naysayers, and I'm going, what is actually the redemption rate of a gift card that's given to somebody? Uh-huh. And I think it's only like 62%. Okay. So I'm like, we're already making money from the sale anyway. And so the, the capturing of these clients right. is so inexpensive, but is in such a great way that they get used to using our system and everything is going to become funnel it's in a funnel. Yeah. And so I'm like on the way out here going, I gotta meet with Infusionsoft, I've gotta do blah, 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 blah. Good for you. all the way. And as I'm blowing right past the 60, I'm like, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. But as far as that systemizing that type of stuff, I mean, I mean, I've obviously that's a great, you know, cocktail napkin conversation, mm-hmm. but systemizing it now, making sure that, you know, the card goes out, that it's in like a gift card, right. you know, concept in a, Blue envelope that well, goes maybe in a priority mail love, and all that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're going to love the exercise that we're going to do today because we're going to talk about, you know, architecting the experience of using this card, receiving it or getting it. But you've got an idea there that the temptation is I've got this idea. I'm going to just get this going kind of thing and then go on to the next idea. But that idea right there, if you took that one idea and just went really deep with it. Yeah. That there's so many different applications to that 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 could be, you know, huge for oh, you. So, so endless. Yeah. Okay, so how many of you see an application of that in your own business? Okay, I, cool. I was thinking what you were just saying, a million dollar idea mm-hmm. is only determined after it's been implemented and a million dollars been earned. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I'm gonna... But that certainly has at, at least that. Well, I mean, know, the, 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 yeah. People... And maybe you can offer that to your clients, Dean. To, to yeah, I see, this is thing. the kind of thing where any time, like that's a mafia offer, especially for the people who are receiving it. You know, you get this $25 gift card. You're going to use that. There's no no risk in that. It costs you, you know, whatever it costs you. Uh, but you've got, the trade is that now you've got a relationship with somebody that was super easy for them to start, and now you've got somebody who is a seafood lover. You oh. know what their preferences are, because they're going to use their $25 or their $100 on their favorite things, and if uh, they do it once, they're very, very likely to continue doing it again, especially if you've got a system in place to make sure that they uh, continue to build. That's okay. the kind of thing where you could have that as one division and have oh, yeah. somebody staffed to run and take that idea and just yep. take that as far as they can. You want to hold that for And I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll use okay. the, uh, no, so, I'm not ba- going to do that at all. Basically, um, I'm starting to feel sensitive for the people standing in line. Uh, where, where, P- where Peter Diamandis, uh, he says he has this great line, which is really worth thinking about. Um, you know, before something is a, 
the day before a breakthrough, it's a, it's a crazy idea. Right. And so everything, before you have any sort of breakthrough, it's always a crazy idea. And, and I really love that. So what's your question? Well, yeah, I that think was his question. I think you weren't he, even I there. I think he answered the No, I wasn't I, here. I, I anticipated the question. Skillfully do you have any, do you have any other thing you'd like to ask? I have so many, but I'm going to respect the people standing on the wall here. That's great. Before you take off, you have really kicked ass. And I mean, there's so many things you've done. And me and you have had a really great email dialogue (laughs) going on. What would you recommend everyone here on how to get the most out of this? I mean, what would really make their time investment and their money investment here just worth as as valuable as humanly possible? Because you've really taken this on. I think that, and, and I do this with my mastermind as well, the more you interact, the more you put out into this thing, you're going to get ten times back um, because it's going to inspire you, the reactions, the, the responses that you get from the people there. Um, but I would tell you, if you're not in your own kind of Q&A process, mental thing that you're, you know, that you're having conversations closed door. I had a conversation with a CFO last Wednesday. We do off-site twice a month. And we're talking about hiring an executive marketing assistant for me mm-hmm. and all the qualifications and things. And she's like going, well, I think you'd do it this way and I think you'd do it that way. And I go, let's get somebody else in this conversation. Beep. Gina DeLong, please. Mm-hmm. And literally I go, watch this. And she just went, boom, 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 boom. And you did this and we can help you with this. And Well, maybe you should go this way and you should look at 2468.com uh, uh, forward slash rock star and watch the way Joe did this and, and do this. And I'm telling you, the secret to that thing is, is the Piranha Marketing Team. This is great. This is inspiring and this is fantastic. The utilization of stuff that you do between this, between the game, if you will, at, at Piranha Marketing and the utilization of that staff and utilization of Piranha Central and all those things and taking the guides and using them as your resource, you possess this. It's not just them and you, it's yours. And they are the most generous people with their time and their information and their inspiration. And so the access there, I think, take advantage of that. It's like a tool that you don't use and then all of a sudden you go to Home Depot and buy the tool again. You feel like such a idiot when you uh, go back into your garage and go, oh, I should have already had that tool. Right. I, there's no, the search is over. There's a saying that says, when you find the truth, stop searching. That you found it and, and keep using this. And like he was, yeah. just, Dean was just talking about, run with it, run with this one. Utilize it to the max. So that would awesome. be awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Jeff. You. Yeah. What's up, Bill? Hey, how are you, Joe? Good, good. Uh, Bill Martin here from um, Boca Raton, Florida. Thank you for having me. Mm, thank you. Um, I'm here to uh, actually, um, I'm here to talk about a friend of mine's um, mining project in Arizona. It's mm. called United Mines. It's a public company, um, and um, he uh, has been working on this project for like eight years now. And he took it public in the last two and two years or two and a half years. But he never had a market maker. So he's got a real deal. At one time it was owned by um, Colt Firearms in the mid-1800s. It was uh, the largest producing silver mines uh, in the world at the time. But he's kind of dead in the water. And my job is to help him um, get funding so that he can get the mines in production. And um, so that's part of the reason why I'm here. And, and there's actually, it's written about in this book that was... Uh, Produced, uh, it's called Samuel Peter Heinzelman 
and the Sonora Mining and Exploration Company it was written by uh, Diana North from Arizona here, um, I don't know, like 20 years ago or so, but there's a whole chapter on it. And um, we actually produced 50 of these, like, silver coins to help put the word out. It's a commemorative to um, Sam Colt. Hmm. Wow. Um, and, um, and you said you want to give me one of those. Yeah, I do have one okay. for you. Though. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so, I mean, really, I'm here to sort of network and figure out you know, the challenge is there's a million deals out there, mm-hmm. you know. And there's, like, lots of silver mines, too. So, you know, and this is a public company, so you have to be kind of careful about how you go about, you know, raising money. Yeah. Um, you know, and you got to be careful what you say and this, that, and the other thing. But it's a real deal. It's right here in Arizona. Um, he's a good guy. Glenn Martin, no relation to me, Bill Martin. But nevertheless, I've known him for like 10 or 15 years, and I want to help him raise money because he's going to do a lot of good things with it, too. He's already given to charities and what have you. So your, so your question is how to find VCs? Yes. Okay, well, I will. the caveat would be that is not my area of expertise at all, but what I would do in that particular case, uh, because I do know quite, I mean, I have investments right now in about nine different companies, mm-hmm. and I'm learning uh, quite a bit about that, and I'm realizing that my skill set actually really does help advise people because, you know, even when we measured the amount of revenue back in 2001, it was written about in Psycho-Cybernetics just in the cleaning niche at that point in time. My advice had generated over $800 million in sales that was trackable. And at this point, what we can track, it's a little over $2 billion, But I never had equity in any of those companies and stuff. So, you know, I'm really taking a look at the power of advice, the power of relationship equity and things like that. What I, what I would recommend you do is on Tim Ferriss's blog, mm-hmm. the current blog post, there's an hour speech uh, with him and a panel of, of uh, three other dudes. Um, Talking about VC and uh, and and I would recommend literally watching that on how to ap- approach investors, how to how to find them, how to set it up, that sort of thing. Um, now, having said that, um, I would. Do you have any you know elegant ideas that you would offer? Him? Sure. I mean, you know, when you're thinking about that, if venture capitalists are are the target market, you know, they're not looking at it or individual investors. More individual investors. So there you go. So it's that's, too small for venture capital. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, you know, I immediately, my thought process for any kind of, of interaction like this is to look at the eight profit activators and start at the beginning right. and go through who is my ideal target market for this. Now, there are different target markets. Who would be, if you could describe somebody who would be the ideal uh, investor for Good question. I mean, yeah. the ideal investor would be like one or two people that could write a check for like a million bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they are? Um, no. If I you mean, thought about it, I mean, could you identify I mean, what yes. they really look like? I could like. probably and, identify. I mean, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money. I just got to get the story out is the bottom line. Okay. Well, so, so here's the thing. You can start putting together the story. And as we go through stuff here, you can use these couple of days to, to put together the story and actually think it through. I would also read... Uh, the book, The Startup of You, uh, by Reed Hoffman just came out. He's the founder of LinkedIn. I've met him a couple of times in the last three months because cool. he's part of Singularity University and stuff, which I'm now a platinum partner and everything. But that book would be really helpful to you right now. And what we can best help with is the messaging. Mm-hmm. 
You know, because it doesn't matter, you know, what it is. There's three things you need in order to sell something. This is nonprofit investing or running just your own business mom and pop shop to a gigantic corporation is, you know, um, there's the product or service. In this particular case, it's the, the, the investment. Uh, the second thing is the sales pitch or the marketing message, which is the story. And third is the delivery system. And if you go through the eight profit activators, virtually everything runs through those eight profit activators once you select, you know, and narrow your target market. So that's what, you know, kind of use this to, to, to formulate that story and put it together. And, and there are some things I'll think about that I'll tell you during break. I just, uh, I just need to get the exact titles and stuff, things that I think would be useful for you. Awesome. Yeah, I also want to say it's one of the low. It's got one of the lowest amounts of, of stock out there. It's only like fifteen point three million shares that were even issued, mm-hmm. and only one point like eight million in the float. Yeah. So, but I'm here because I think you know it's awesome, and uh, I'm anxious to uh, implement what I learned. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Please. Give these to me on every break, too. I will take them. No, thanks a lot. This is cool. Hi, I'm uh, Susan Lobsinger, and I have a company called USA Mobile Drug Testing out of Oklahoma. And I'll start Can you first. test him for drugs uh, while you're here? Yeah, I'm juiced. Good, because I, I think the I Love Marketing episodes, I swear I, half the time I'm I think... I'm completely Dean juiced. Yeah. yeah I don't. Uh, but just to give a brief uh, update on where I started whenever I started listening, following your evil scheme here uh-huh. yeah. with the eight profit activators, which was, I think, about eight months ago. It was set, the I Love Marketing conference back in uh-huh. last September. Year, September. Yeah. yeah. My average revenues were five thousand dollars a month, and last month I hit twenty-five thousand. Good for you. That's awesome. Five times in eight months. Um, And my most recent project that I started, I'm kind of at a point where I'm scared to not scared. Well, I I am scared to move forward with it, not because I don't think it's a good idea, but because I feel like I created such a big thing Mm. that I need just the. What's confidence the, to go forward. And so what's, t- what's the one or two things that you've done to go from 5,000 to 25,000? Uh, well, I started an uh, email newsletter list, and I started building the list through that, kind of mm-hmm. using the would you like a cookie type right. stuff, and then doing some ethical bribes to get people to sign up for mm-hmm. the newsletter that are from my target audience. Yeah. I just got the template finished to do a hard copy of the newsletter also that's going to go out to people because oh, yeah. people intake their input differently. Yeah. And... Um, I, the, the one, the one that I specifically want to talk about now that I'm kind of stuck on is a joint venture. And the way that this whole thing started was, first of all, I was having a hard time, uh, in, thinking how I could do a joint venture and who the best person to do a joint venture would be with. And what happened was I had three separate clients that I'd signed up, started taking them through my process and all that sort of stuff, which ended up me writing a policy for them to start a drug-free workplace program. And I basically got taken out at the knees um three different times and it was really frustrating to me and then i accidentally figured out that who i was being taken out at the knees by was an attorney group that was all the same attorney group oh and it happened to be the biggest attorney group in the state of oklahoma that deals with employment law issues and so it was really frustrating to me but at the same time i was like i know there's a lesson in this i know there's a lesson in this what do i do what do i do what do i do so through my email newsletter list, I sent an email to the uh, head partner of their employment law division at this law firm and asked him to comment on something in my newsletter list. 
and told him who my subscribers were, which were his exact target market also. Mm-hmm. Let him comment in my newsletter about a specific law and then buttered him up a little bit through yes. it and told him what, you know, an awesome attorney was and how they should all call him if they ever have an employment law issue. Uh-huh. And um, so he was super psyched about that. So then I emailed him and I said, do you guys write drug-free workplace policies? I did the kind of like, do you want a cookie instead of trying to pitch him right away or whatever? He said, yeah, we do. And he told me how much they charge. I said, oh, do you guys enjoy writing drug-free workplace policies? And he said, no, not really. And I said, yeah, I've read some of your guys. It's basically the same policy you give to all your clients. He said, yeah. I said, don't you think there, do you think there's any value in there being customized drug-free workplace policies? He said, yes, but the time it takes to put those together is very challenging said, would you be interested in looking on at a DVD project that I'm putting together that's basically going to help educate the businesses on how to put together a great policy and basically help them write their own policy all by themselves? And he said, let's do lunch. Uh-huh. And I expected him just to be like, I'm interested or something yeah, like right. that. So we went to lunch and we talked about it. And he's interested in putting their stamp on it to give me more credibility. Right. But now I need to finish the project. And, man, I just I feel like so much pressure, and I need to get past that. Oh, you're on the right path. It sounds like everything's going the right way. I mean, the whole the thing that you've done brilliantly is rather than look at it as an obstacle and be confrontational about it, you've, mm-hmm. you know, like Zig Ziglar says, you can get anything you want in life if you help other people get what they want in life. Yeah, which is exactly the approach you took. Yeah. And and you mentioned something where she just said pressure. So think of it this way, because anything worth doing that is bigger than something you've done before, uh, unless you're completely disconnected and can compartmentalize it, which most people can't, including myself, uh, (laughs) will be uh, a little scary. And in sometimes overwhelmingly like, wow, how do I actually take this on? But how how are diamonds made? Pressure. Pressure, mm-hmm. right? And pressure treated right is a gift because you will not get shit done in your life if you don't have it, at least anything important. And Dan Sullivan has this great line where he says, irritated oysters make pearls. <laughs> and, you know, so out of every irritation, frustration, irk, challenge, opportunity, overwhelmingly obstacle, there's a pearl if you create and not complain. And so obviously the fact that you're even getting up and talking about it is you want to do this. You're just trying to do it right, not mess it up, make sure you can pull it off. So what's stopping you? What capability do you not currently have in order to pull this off? Or is it simply just confidence and you wanted us to say, go for it? Uh, well, I think uh, it's, well, I know I can do it. I think, well, I'm having some time commitment issues because I, I am doing too much administrative work. So, and I was trying to hire an administrative assistant by myself and I realized that I don't have the time and all that sort of stuff to do that. So just on, right before I got on the plane to come in here, I hired a staffing company to do that for me. And so I'm hoping that that will work out and really free me up to really commit to the, the projects that really get me going and that make me feel creative and, can grow my business because I'm stuck at this $25,000 mark right now per month, which is awesome. But unless I free myself up, I can't grow it further. Okay, this is a very different... First off, thank you for sharing that. And this is sometimes uh, when you have to triage, when you don't have enough time uh, and people need to get stuff done, uh, elimination is a far better method of getting things done than organization. 
Um, and, and Tim Ferriss writes about that in the 4-Hour Workweek. When I first interviewed Tim, uh, right when the 4-Hour Workweek first came out, within the first two weeks of the 4-Hour Workweek coming out, I did an interview with him way back when. And um, basically, you may have to. You hired an assistant, which is great. You have a lot of administrative work. One of my processes for getting stuff done is I simply just ignore shit. And I let things fall through cracks and I don't get back to certain opportunities or people that just simply aren't going to get me to where I want to go. And if some big gigantic opportunity presents itself and I know that that one thing is going to be worth a thousand times more than something else and I simply don't have the time to delegate or do whatever, you know what? I just drop it. I mean, will there be consequences? Yeah, I don't ever let anyone high and dry. I've never screwed anyone out of money. I've never declared bankruptcy. I've never had a situation. Uh, you know, I mean, from my perspective, uh, I really do my best to make sure, you know, no one's left holding the bag or something. Uh, most of the time, you know, it's it's. I'll make decisions that if anyone's really affected, it's maybe my desire to do something, but now something bigger, better, whatever came along. So in a lot of ways, you just may need to cancel appointments. You may need to say, you know, I'd love to get this thing organized or set up this database or do this and that. But this, if I don't handle, if I do this right now, this becomes worth 50 times more than all the other stuff. And so a lot of times people just organize, organize, and a lot of times just eliminate, you know, just eliminate it. Sometimes you get a, a new game that you're going to play, and that new game is better than all of these other games that you think you need to do, but you're wired to just do them because that's habitual. That's how you do stuff. And more than anything, you know, sit down and create a not-to-do list because getting results doesn't take time. It's the not getting results that takes up all the time. You know, that's one of my favorite Sullivan quotes. And the other thing to use for a lot of these questions that aren't really simple questions, like there's no simple answer we can give you for this. The one thing I will say is to give you a way to think about it. And, and Dan Sullivan says, the problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. If you had the free time, how many hours do you think it will take you to actually put together what is possible right now with this opportunity? If you simply just had the time, if, if I waved a magic wand over you, time stood still, and you were granted X number of hours, what are the time and other capabilities you need to make this happen? I think 10 hours of focus finder time to where mm -hmm. there's no phone, no computer, just me in a room, highly focused with the um, ability to take those 20 minute breaks. That's what I think it'll take. Mm -hmm. Can you on your, and how many, when do you need to do the, get this done by, or it's going to disappear? Yesterday. No, I'm well, just kidding. yeah, but really, um, I mean, or, probably, or it's gone. Probably, um, definitely by the end of this month. Oh, well, can you block out 10 hours um, that you can? Um, I will figure it out. Uh -huh. I will work well, it out. Of course you'll figure it out. Yeah. But can you? Well, the question is, can you, no. can't or won't? Um, I mean, can you literally not schedule that time to do it? I can't. I can. The, I think the, the problem is, is who answers the phones and who uh, uh, does, like, handles the ongoing business. And, uh, yeah. yeah that's but what if you lost, what, what, what if you got sick next week and you just got sick? I mean, you wouldn't still be doing that, right? If you broke your leg or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I put think your two hours a day of the focus finder for the next week is just, just has to happen. Yeah. Do the very best you can. Uh huh. Because see, that's the only way you'll get yourself out of that yeah. trap anyway. Uh -huh. Because you need to now 
go pro. I mean, you're already pro. Like, you know, in, in Stephen Pressfield's thing, he's like going from amateur to pro. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, part of this is just moving yourself up the ranks a little. You know, yeah. you're getting another degree in your black belt. And part of this is you're, you know, you, ju- you just need to be resourceful. Be yeah. as res- and you already are. Yeah. I mean, you've increased your revenue in your company from 5000 to 25000 a month in eight months. Mm-hmm. You're kicking ass. Yeah. you got a lot of stuff going on. So at the same time, don't even beat yourself up because you are kicking ass. I mean, is she not kicking ass or what? She's kicking yeah. ass, right? I mean, any anyone here that's going to increase the revenue by five times, you know, most companies, they don't do that in five years. Most companies actually go belly up. They don't increase the revenue like that. But you took this on, so just keep going. And, you know, be as resourceful as humanly possible, but block the time. When people are like, I'm not reaching this opportunity, you got to ask yourself, what am I so busy doing that I don't take the time to do the things that matter the most? Right. On a scale of 1 to 10, is this a... How would you rate this 10 being the best, 1 being the worst in terms of opportunity and multiplying your business to where you want to go? How would you rate it? Absolute 10. 10. Uh Make out a sheet of paper then, Uh and we'll we'll talk about this throughout the couple days. Anything else that's in your life that's not an 8, 9, or 10 opportunity, get it the hell off your plate so you can focus on the 10s. You can't have an 8, 9, or 10 business when you're dealing with 1, 2, or 3 people, 3, 4, and 5, 4, 5, and 6 opportunities. you got to deal with 8, 9, and 10s, and you got to treat your time that way. And if you're going to bring someone in, bring someone in and do your best to make sure they're 8, 9, and 10s. And if they're 8, 9, and 10s, fire their asses and get somebody else. Yeah, that's... I'm. Learning that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Of course. Yeah. And you know what? I could be right where you are and you telling me the same thing. Part of this is just having a sounding board and reminding you of what you already know. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yo. I'm Greg Neal. Um, boy, all I can say right now is that my life has changed so dramatically this year that... Um, it's, uh, I'm all about just like paradigm shifting from paradigm to paradigm to paradigm. I'm in a position now where I, uh, basically put my disaster recovery business up for sale. Does mm-hmm. anyone actually clean carpets in this group anymore? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. How many of you have cleaning and <laughs> restoration curious, companies? I, oh. Oh yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I was impressed that things have shifted so dramatically because they have for me too. Yeah. Um, in, um, basically in November of last year, uh, things shifted kind of dramatically with my disaster restoration business and uh I decided to get into a whole different venue and um I've been doing uh this is very interesting sir uh I actually bought six gold mines six gold and silver mines and um we got involved with selling uh gold bullion and coins and and vintage mining uh items and things of that nature um, so I'm, what I'm, I may invest in, uh, Peter Diamandis' asteroid mining company, by the way. I, I'm reading the book. It's pretty amazing. A little too sciencey the way he wrote it. I would suggest the next one be a little bit lighter. But, yeah. uh. <laughs> hey man, as marketers, we've kept that thing on the New York Times since it came out. So I know, I bought picking... ten of them, so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so but, there's the next book in underway. I, uh, oh, is it? Okay, I figured mm-hmm. there was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I'm here today literally to just glean, you know, every single time I show up at uh, one of your meetings and have been to, I've been involved with Piranhas since almost the very beginning. Mm, yeah. Um, it's me just showing up that makes such a dramatic change. So just come up here and just 
sharing my heart and throwing it out there. Um, I'm gleaning. I, I don't know you, sir, but I, I get that we're going to get to know each other. Yeah. And uh, I know you have amazing uh, ideas and concepts that uh, will assist me as well as everyone else in this room. But uh, I'm here to make connections. I'm here to just put it out there that I'm open and teachable and uh, I'm ready to, to glean. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Appreciate, Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you, Greg. Hello, guys. What's up, hey. Stud? How are we doing? Good. Good. How are you right. doing? Thank you so much. Uh, this is my first Platinum 2.0. I'm an avid, uh, I love marketing uh, attendee as well as uh, I listen to a lot of the podcasts. So thank you so awesome. much. Uh, the reason what I'm, what I want to talk about today is I have a, um, Vizani Consulting, which is basically, it helps business owners tell their story and create systems. Mm -hmm. But I actually came up with an idea, and it's actually for a phone app. And interestingly enough, it was after I watched Peter Diamandis' 25K group uh, information, and then I actually did a 50-minute 50, 50 focus finder afterwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I came up with the idea of Recordable. And Recordable is this app where it basically takes inspirational quotes, and it kind of makes them a little bit more Mad Libby. So you actually take different uh, words that you create and um, basically c comes up with its own uh, interesting quote. So the long and the short of it is, uh, the reason I'm here today is I put myself into a 90-day challenge and I want to generate $118,000 to charity as a result of selling this app. Huh. And I'm sitting right now at basically a, an email database of zero for it. So what I'm really trying to do is I, I've done the math, and it looks like I basically need to, to reach about 10 million people through traditional email, if you, so to speak. So that's the number that I'm really looking to, to achieve. Um, I'm wondering if there's any other strategy or suggestions that you might have that might be outside of the email side to, uh, to get to my goal of really reaching the number of people that I need to reach so that I could donate that amount to charity. What's the charity? Oh, Feeding America. Feeding America, okay. And, you know, How's, I'm thinking, you know, viral video, YouTube scenario, something here, but go ahead. You, well, you, there's all kinds of stuff, but yeah. Uh, guess where I'm going to start? Okay. Profit activator number one. Number one, yeah. Who's your ideal yeah. target market for I, this? I mean, ideally, it's, it's really anyone who's really into inspirational quotes, but, uh -huh. um, I, if I need to get more specifically. Well, um, you, you have to get more specific because that's hard to, you can't, I mean, you can't, right. I don't know why I'd advertise for people that are into inspirational quotes. I would look at more people that really attend a lot of the personal development seminars. Okay. Mm -hmm. You need to get a little more specific than that. Specific. Because there's all kinds of personal development seminars around this specific topic. Well, what's your pitch for the app? Tell us what's the what's the app going to uh, do? What what does it do? What will be you know when you take these things, the whole process? Yeah. Select who's your ideal target market. What will be a dream come true for them regarding an an app? Are they who's the group of people that are sitting around saying, "I wish there was an app for what for?" Yeah. I guess that's where I look at. That's where I need to get. Yeah. Focus. Do you know? I mean, what, what would you? How would you answer if, that right now? What, what does it do? Right now, like off the top of my head, I'm really thinking specifically. Specifically, I would say the Tony Robbins seminar attendees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just and as far as looking at um, what they're going to get from it, it's yeah. it's a way to to be inspired and also kind of have a, have a fun opportunity to share something that they created as well because they're they're. Well, what I would say is if you want to kind of get to Tony, you know, he's very good friends with Tony Robbins, plays mm -hmm. golf with him and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so um, 
Basically, I would take the does, is the product does this app exist? It's currently it's actually within a couple of days of me receiving it. Yes. Okay. First off, if it actually works and it's cool and it's kick ass and people would want to share it, that's one thing. That has to be it has Agreed. to be a great Understood. thing. Understood. Yeah. Secondly, I would pre-populate it with your selected target market people that have relationships with many other people and put their quotes in it and tweet them and Facebook them and get it to them, get it to their assistants, get it to everyone and just boom, have them be like, wow, that's pretty cool and have it start being shared, you know? So, you know, if you actually got, you know, Tony to tweet it to his list because you quoted, you know, one of his, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, live with passion, you know, whatever. So, how would you take live with passion and turn that into, what would your app tell it to do? Would it be like a, would it Yoda-ize it or something? You ever seen the Yoda apps where it takes anything you say and turn it into Yoda language? No, that's awesome. You gotta do a search for that and see that because there are literally millions of people that use that nonsense. Yeah. I'm serious. Like there's a giant community of people that are in the freaking Yoda app. That I need to look into. What's that? The Yoda app is what I need. Yeah, I don't even know if it's an app, although I know online it's a converter. It's a language converter on Google. If you can, you know, convert, you know, anything in in, in Yoda. Well, I mean, it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just don't ever drink or, you know, do anything weird with, you know, because you might stay there for hours. See that? But, uh. Yeah. No, but the danger that I'm sensing. Okay. Is that, and, and it's not something that's unique to just what you're doing, that people have, you've got your objective of you want to raise this money for yeah. charity, right. and then you're, it almost sounds like when you're, you're saying that, that well, that should be enough. That's gonna, that's gonna take it, isn't it? I mean, but the reality is the vehicle that's gonna get that still has to depend on the selfish needs and desires of your target audience. In order for anybody to do anything, right. the only reason they're gonna do it is for their own selfish reasons, yep. right? So, yeah. you either, it's, it's a, it's a fine line when you're doing something for, uh, for charity that you think, oh well that, Puts it in a whole different, different category. Yeah, we don't have to market. Yeah, we don't have to market anymore. It's for charity. Everybody, I mean, everybody's going to do that. But you still have to really think through the process of who is this for? What would be a dream come true about this type of an app for that target audience? What would be the thing that they would really want? How can I compel them to Come check this out. How can I educate and motivate them so that they'll want to download this app for, uh, you know, to use it? And incidentally to that, the money is going to get raised for your charity, you know? Yes. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's doing something for charity is not a bypass to really doing the work of creating an incredible product and doing the great marketing for it. Yeah, so put together something absolutely kick-ass, identify a target market, and put together an awesome video that explains it. Because it's one thing to have an app, but there are a million apps out there. And so, you know, literally put together something really compelling that is like, wow, you know, I've got to actually use this and and assemble it so, you know, anyone that sees it uh, thinks this is the bomb. Because if you don't get that, I mean, it doesn't matter. And that's, Does that help? Yes, that's perfect, and uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to doing over the next couple of days. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing this app because it thank sounds really interesting. Thank you so much. Thank I you. Appreciate thank it. you. Awesome. What's up, dude? Hey, I'm Nate Parson. How you doing, Joe? Uh, first time I met Joe was uh, I met you back at Evan Pagan's Guru Boot Camp. Yeah. Oh wow. And uh, first time I heard about you, Dean, was on uh, Persuasion Masterclass. Oh yeah, with Evan Pagan. Yeah. So I got a lot of value on that. 
so I started a company, an organization called the Center for Confidence. And I'll tell you how I got to here. A couple years ago, uh, when I was 19, I started my first uh, How to Make Money ebook. I was in the BizOp niche. And, uh, you know, I sold several hundred thousand dollars worth of that product. But it didn't really fulfill me in the way I felt like I could give value. So um, I started traveling the world. I met a girl, immigrated her to America from Poland, and we got married. But then it didn't work out, and that totally destroyed my business. My focus went off. And so I, I decided, you know, to walk away from that business so that I could pursue something I'm actually more fulfilled with. So I closed the door officially 18 months ago. And then I started doing uh, coaching. started coaching on uh, how to make money, or no, internet marketing advice, because I got really good at copywriting through this product I launched. And then I t started coaching on dating advice for men, and then also breakup advice, because I was trying to get over my breakup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, after you teach it, you learn how to do it. So, <laughs> so while I was coaching in these three niches simultaneously, I had a meetup group last year, three of them. I learned that in all three of these niches, there was one profound problem that was ever, ever going through them. And that was a lack of self-confidence. And that was disempowering beliefs that caused lack of self-confidence. So, um, I, you know, I studied a lot of Eben Hayes says, you know, follow the stream up and find that gold piece of that nugget that you can target. And so that was it, the lack of self-confidence. So I spent a lot of time researching how to build self-confidence and self-esteem. And uh, miraculously, last year, I found a method for eliminating beliefs that cause any sort of disempowering emotions. And I've tested it with 50 people now, and it works 95% of the time, so long as they're willing to play this game, mm -hmm. which is why I founded the Center for Confidence, because I'm, I'm committed to empowering self-confidence and high self-esteem for everyone. And so I'm, where I'm at right now is I'm, I have a dilemma between my two product ideas. I'm creating a product on how to get over a breakup because I've realized that pain caused by a breakup is simply due to a belief. Usually like I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm not worth it. And the breakup just reminds them of that. Mm -hmm. So I can apply this method to that. And I've started doing that. But I'm also, I also want to take this bigger and I want to create like a practitioner's method that, you know, other practitioners can use this belief, this method on. And so, question for you is, what do you think would be a better approach? Should I s s narrow into this breakup niche? Because there's a real need that's being unmet here. You know, there's all this stuff about how to get in a relationship, how to thrive in a relationship, and nothing about how to transition after a relationship mm -hmm. ends. Yeah. Versus, you know, creating this into a practitioner's method and uh, letting people do it however they do it. What do you think would be a more you know, effective long-term business model? Well, there, there, so for one, there's the strategy method, which Dean could really speak to based on what he did with Stop Your Divorce. Um, the other part of this, though, before we get to that, is if you, you know, could only work on one of these for now or for the rest of your life, that you could put the most energy belief, like, you know, who do you want to be a hero to sort of question, which one would you choose? You know, which one are you more excited about when you think about both of them? Because you can decide which one, if you, it was simply a money issue and what's the more hyper-responsive niche. I mean, you test it in the marketplace and see, you know, run, it's like write an ad, put it out there, see who responds. If you get more into the breakup versus the other, you, you, you know. But if it's simply like, what do you want to do, do it, or are you right in the middle? You just have the hardest time deciding. I'm more passionate about just talking about beliefs and in, in, uh, building confidence as applied to all niches, you know. Why? Simply because there's no place to go to learn how to build self-confidence. You want to hear an interesting statistic, too? Yes. Um, 
Do you know the category? Who doesn't want to hear an intro? Uh, do, do, do you? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Huh? Uh, do you know what group? You know what group in America has the highest levels of self-confidence? What group? Yes. Um, millionaires. Black males. Black men. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Who has the lowest level? White men. Jewish. White men. Jewish white men. Hmm. Who makes the most amount of money? The Jewish, Jewish white, white men, men. Who makes the least amount of money? Black, black men. men. Statistically. Interesting. There's a lot to be said about is the making of money have anything to do with not having a lot of confidence? So hmm. it depends what you want the result to be. Now, no, most people don't talk about this shit, but it's really quite interesting <laughs> if you actually think about it because you think about what drives people. Right. Is it fear? Is it, they, you know, I don't know. But I think feeling really good about yourself and having confidence allows you to excel in, in, in particular areas. Yeah. Okay? So, um, and it's where the confidence is applied. Because you can have confidence with picking up women, as an example, exactly. as you know, but no, have no skill whatsoever of making money right, or right. maintaining the relationship, right? Totally. Okay, so... Um, what I, so having said that, picking the thing that you're most interested in, I think is really, really critical. Now saying that, you, you literally are a master at this sort of stuff. Right. So what would you tell them to do? Well, part of the thing, like you're, you're, I can sense, because I know I've been there in that same situation, that sometimes you're torn between what you know is financially the, the, the best path. Mm-hmm. And then what you desire as intellectually stimulating as perhaps the best path, which is exactly. to apply this to the broader field, to take it as, you know, as wide as you possibly can, even though you know that in the short term, meaning, you know, focused effort on one path, is is the most financially rewarding initially that it's easier for you to take this self-confidence idea go as deep as you can and completely dominate the breakup market totally but it's not maybe the thing that's the most uh, stimulating to you you know and that's what i always have to you know remind people that there's a balance that you have to reach in that a lot of times people are in business more to entertain themselves than to sustain themselves. And that entertaining yourself is a luxury that you can pursue after you've set a baseline of sustaining yourself on a, you know, perpetual or, or permanent basis, you know? So if you can overcome and harness that energy and desire you have to be broad, with something and channel it into going deep with something that can lay a foundation for you so that now for the rest of your days you can focus on doing whatever entertains you because you're already sustained. Now I don't know what your financial situation is but if you're in a situation where being having a long-term sustainable income base that's going to provide for your lifestyle needs long term or permanently that's a much better place to come from see because we're most often um especially when you're not at that place when you're at a place where you need to bring in money where you need to have to to create money sometimes the the um desire to be broad is counter uh counteractive to that you so, know uh, totally yeah. so I, I look at it that sometimes oh man 
You need to stop that. Running a uh, running a successful business is is boring sometimes. You know that it's like it's not the most entertaining thing, especially if you are an intellectually, uh, you know, a guy who loves to be challenged intellectually and figure out how does this apply to. You know, in your mind, you've already cracked the code for the for the breakup situation. And now, what's intellectually challenging is how can I apply that to to thing. weight loss or to the next thing? Or yeah, this applies here or this applies here. And you want to go, you know, wide about an inch deep all the way around the whole universe. And you get <laughs> to that, you know, I don't want to own all the land, just the land that's next to mine. You know, <laughs> and, and there's no end to that. True. Where your mind honestly doesn't care what it's thinking about. You're, you have a mind, like I have a mind, like Joe has a mind, of infinite capacity for challenging uh, ideas and to, and to come up with ideas and solutions. But your mind doesn't care what you focus it on. You know, and it's just as challenging and stimulating to focus on the next challenge within that niche mm. than it would be to to go broad. So that would that would be my take on that. That's what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> and here here's the thing too. And so the so for the time you're gonna be with us, really think this through because I think it'll help, you know, get some clarity, and that's one of the reasons to actually come here and spend a couple of days because uh you know you have you have some things you can think about. And also I wanted I want Dan Sullivan is the one that actually told me the the stats about the uh, black men and white males. And I I wanna I wanna get the exact thing because I'm I'm not sure how much of it was self-confidence and self-esteem, or but it's it's self-esteem and confidence. There's a, and, I, and I want to get it exactly right, but uh, I would get that because you you actually I think that would be really useful just for you to know the statistics of how people actually feel about themselves. And I actually think that because you know, we talked about this the the heartbreak thing at the meetup group the other day, I actually think people that you know it would you can you can really help a lot of people if you get it right and you get the marketing down and you set that that system up but you're also a very creative dude that my take is you just want to do a bunch of shit and things that are most interesting to you so let your let your misery be other people's advantage from what you've gone through and stuff but figure out you know really the the best model and all of this is you know is testable and you know you've got i think you've got money to play with so you know do do act intelligently but don't you know, don't piss away things too much. And one thing that I think is really important is, you know, don't ever lose your audience. You know, once you've got an audience that you want to cater to, make sure you, you know, you nurture them. Because as Dean said about a business being boring, I mean, Craig Fort really drives that home. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a friend named Craig Fort that just, you know, has made so much money and is such a smart guy and he sticks to his knitting. And if there's any mistake that I've made in my career is I tend to just pursue things because they're really interesting and really mm-hmm. cool. And then now, thankfully, I've stayed with some things that actually consistently have always made money. But, you know, be careful of that because there is a lot of people that will say, yeah, you know, once you get it to a certain point, you know, it can it can be kind of monotonous. But, you know. It, it depends. Do you want to be well known or well paid? Mm-hmm. And that's a distinction everyone needs to make. You know, do you want to be well known or do you want to be well paid? And, and there's a lot of ego that comes with the advice giving sort of business. Well, you, you made a very valuable point, though, and I'm definitely more committed to making a profound difference on a specific area, such as the breakup advice niche. Mm-hmm. So if I was to choose, I would definitely choose that. <laughs> you can take that and solve that 
Um, because, you know, that, that largely is a local business that, you know, people are going through breakups in every city in America, every city in the world, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could work on the, the practitioner level as well. If you could crack, you know, one of the things, the provocations that you might have is, where do you live? Just down the street. Here in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you, one of the provocations you might have is, what if my business was only in Phoenix? What if I only could work with people who are going through a breakup in Phoenix? How would I do that? And when you crack that code, when you get that method, now you've got not only the, the, uh, the advice and the solution that you can offer to other practitioners, but you've got a way to market it, to get them people to help which is far more valuable than even just giving them some kind of certification or some kind of, of training on doing this. Because so many times people have certifications or, or courses like that where they teach people how to do something. They don't teach them how to get people to actually help. You know, mm-hmm. So you, if you crack that code. That's, that's okay, great. you notice the time, Dean. We are yeah, already over. Let's go. We're not over yet. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. We're four minutes over. No, we're not. See that red thing right there? It's time for a break. We're plus and four we're, on our break, but we're not plus four on our episode. I'm keeping the episode time. Can you so guys go for about another that. six minutes? Is that okay? And then we'll take a break? All right. Is that helpful? That's very helpful. And we're going to be seeing you a lot anyway because you're coming to all the I Love Marketing meetup groups. And so, so frankly, even if you're, uh, if you're more confused now than you were before answering the question, that's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. No, thank you. Has it been helpful? Very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll do these ones, guys, as quickly as we can so that Dean is uh, satisfied and that all of our I Love Marketing uh, listeners are hopefully happy. I appreciate that. My name is Justin Starboard uh, from East Bay Marketing Group. And I flew in last night from Maine, so it's a, so, a long uh, long flight last night. Thank you. Hey, um, we, my partner and I, we started working this year with the uh, Edison Awards. And full disclosure, we just became members of the Piranha Marketing uh, Group uh, awesome. in January or February. Uh-huh. So this is our first one, so I know I didn't quite follow the rules, but... Uh, we're really excited to be here. And one of our, our part, or our uh, clients, uh, the Edison Awards, uh, work to recognize and honor innovation and innovators from around the world year after year. This was their 25th anniversary and we were fortunate enough to be their, uh, official nominations partner, uh, going forward. So we just helped put on their, uh, and we're going to talk about this. We were one, we took part in your sprint as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, cool. he's actually going to talk a little bit about that this afternoon. Cool. Um, so we're excited about that. Uh, that said, we've had the opportunity to talk to, you know, Fortune 10 companies, Fortune 500 companies, and guys in their garage for the last uh, six months to introduce them to, you know, the power of Thomas Edison, um, helping and working to uh, leverage the awards based on celebrity and, and, uh, Edison started off in his garage and worked and, you know, he created an empire, mm-hmm. uh, five different industries, 1,093 patents in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a team behind him to do that. Well, we look at ourselves, we're, we're part of that team. In fact, they asked us to roll up our sleeves and be a part of the event. In fact, um, when it was kind of cool, during the event, there was a Meet the Innovators Forum and then the awards gala. Chris Anderson was the, uh, uh, from TED conferences, yeah, awesome. was the Achievement Award winner. I was fortunate enough to uh, put him in a new Fisker uh, karma this year mm-hmm. to get him picked up for the event. Um, wow. Drive all over New York City. It was a lot of fun. Um, cool. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a really good time. Uh, our next, so the awards are done and we pick them back up in September. We know uh, we established uh, means to bring in new nominations uh, this year. Uh, we <laughs> developed some strategies and and uh, systems to do that. So it's not 
just me or him picking up the phone, calling these cool companies like IBM Watson or CBS or whomever. Yep. Um, what we're looking for now that they're over is uh, Edison Awards seals is what we're working with and how to leverage winning an award, gold, silver, or bronze, and how to work with those companies. We had CBS on the phone on uh, Thursday saying, all right, we won this great award. Now what? You know, they paid, you know, a whole bunch of money to be a part of it. And, uh, and so now we're working with them to leverage how to use that, you know, seal of, of approval or seal of winning. Um, so that's your question. Yeah, that's, a, to... that's the first question. And it's two part. How do we leverage those great relationships that we've made it, literally with the, I met Leslie Moon, Moonves, or Moonves, the CEO of CBS a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago as well. How do we leverage those two things? One for our client and, uh, and the award winners and then two for East Bay marketing and all of our uh, new contacts into new business. So ultimately, what is your business? What is, what, where's the money? Uh, well, with that, that's one client. What we do okay. is we work with small businesses to, uh, get new customers. We yeah. take, instead of, um, we get paid up front, but there's also commissions in doing their sales and marketing. So we'll either do it all for you, um, mm-hmm. and that's really what our, uh, our core business is, is, mm-hmm. is developing the system and then being part of that for them and earning commissions ongoing. And do people execute on what you teach? Yes. And they get results with what you teach? Oh, yeah. With the Edison Awards, I mean, we, we brought in, a, we helped them bring in, we doubled their size this year. This and, is, and you have compiled case studies and you can show how people actually utilize what you do that they produce a particular result and you can show that to these people? Well, with this particular client, the Edison Awards, and, and leveraging their winnings, it, this is our first year doing this. So this we just finished the awards last year, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next step is working with them to leverage that, and that's where, you know, we have some ideas, um, but I'd like some uh, guidance or advice. Well, the way that I do, like, my contest, Better Your Best, is there's an incentive for somebody to win something if they follow a particular process. And the, the reason I actually started doing Better Your Best contests, uh, truth be told, I needed a way to get rid of a car that Bill Phillips had given me. <laughs> and I wanted to drink. I didn't need to get rid of it, actually. I just thought it would be a pretty clever way to uh, incentivize people to um, better their best. And so I came up with the Better Your Best thing. And we, you know, the model is offer... Um, a prize, um, offer a, um, a recognition so that people can be recognized because when people do good things, they like to be recognized. That's where gold medals and prizes and everything come from is, you know, Peter Diamandis, you know, X prize uh, incentives. Whenever you incentivize in a co- competition, people simply just work harder. They put more of themselves into it. So there's not per se a magic formula. It's literally just defining what it is what's going to happen when somebody competes, um, and it always makes people better. I mean, you know, anyone here that's not doing the Better Your Best contest, you're literally, you're shortchanging yourself by not doing it. And I guess, you know, in the time we have available, which, see, we're already past time. Dave, this is, now we're, we're um, okay now. I, I would almost up. say, you know, when you start seeing us uh, go through the sprints that you see people up here, mm-hmm. you, you, a lot of the answers on how to do what you're doing, you're actually going to learn them here. You're going to kind of see ideas. And so, you know, part of my thing would almost say, it doesn't help people listening to I Love Marketing, but it does create some pain as to why they're not here. Yeah, yeah they should be here. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think your question is going to be answered more so as you just kind of sit back through the next, uh, you know, two days and you'll, you'll kind of see and I think you'll actually 
see a model that is quite applicable. And as far as approaching the person, I mean, you know, it's the same way you do any sort of uh, joint venture. What's in it for them? Why should they back it? Mm-hmm. And being able to have the languaging of that in print, on video, and that's how you enroll them, you know, so you can, you know, show how. And then what about, like, uh, using it with, for example, Lowe's or getting, like, a, helping them do an aisle display for, you know, on other products, like, um, for maybe the startup or the guy that doesn't necessarily, how do you, like, build value to that? Um, you know, we've done stuff with Kroger before where... Well, you, you see which ones are already working successfully and whoever in Lowe's makes the decision to do that, you simply have a conversation, say, here's what I want to do, what are some things that have been done in the past that have worked successfully, and then, you know, obviously have it, have your act together mm-hmm. before you make that presentation. And I mean, you know, I would throw the same thing back to you. How does it help them? Well, it's a third-party distinction that's quite, you know, recognizable and, and uh, you know, has a lot of value behind it. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's that's our pitch to the company, why they should purchase it. What we're looking to do is, you know, what are ways in which they can use it and leverage it to help them generate new business for their customers, like CBS Ecomedia. You know, they're a giant company, right? But um, it, how would a, how could we position that as a, uh, you know, a branding opportunity for them uh, in a partnership? You know what I mean? That, those are the things that we're looking for. Uh and if that's going to be answered in the next couple of days, that's that's great. That's why I'm here. That's why yeah. we, that's why we became members. Uh, yeah, it, you know that's why I was looking for you know some pointed advice as well. If yeah. you had, to. yeah, that I think it will. Is there anything else you'd well, want to add it. for now? No, I think you're. You know, I think it all has to begin with the end in mind. Like part of it has to be. Uh, when you're engineering this, who's going to be, as a recipient, somebody who can really take advantage of this? And how can you help them take advantage of it? You know? So, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about some uh, things that you can do over the next couple of days. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Justin. you. Now, right. we're, we're in a situation. Why, why don't we do this? And I feel very bad, Jeremy. We're, we're actually, uh, if we take a break, well, let's answer their question, but can we do it after break? Sure. Yeah, because I think if we keep going, there's going to be people in the room that are going to be very mad because they have bladder issues. Exactly. Is that okay? Sorry, sorry. Well, let's wrap up uh, for the people at okay. home. So, so everyone at home, we're going to wrap up, and that's going to, that's going to basically take this process but you know what Dean's going to do, do it. What are you going to say? No, you're gonna, no. Dean's going to do it because yeah. we're going to hurt people's feelings. Is right, right. Yeah. I want, it's, it's your fault yeah. that this has to come to an end like this. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Did you guys like the Q&A? Time. Was that useful? Okay. Yeah, it's always... Yeah, now imagine, you know, we've got 100-plus people here who we're going to spend the next two days going deeper into into processes we're going to go deeper into ideas and and sharing and and masterminding and the value in being around a group of people who are you know taking their business and five times that in the last you know since being involved is a, is a great room to be in you know yeah and and you know i was at where's kevin donahue is he in in the room where's he at he's out there no, somewhere he's out. uh you know, we're having a conversation uh, about, you know, how do you, you know, what sort of person has success with learning 
environments right. and with tools and templates and things like that. You know, and it's people that are willing to actually do something with it. And he was talking to someone, I don't even know who, that's why I was asking if he's in the room, where he was explaining my story. When I was a dead broke carpet cleaner early on, I spent $1,800 in 1992 to hire a copywriter to write my first version of a consumer awareness guide. And I had no idea what was going to happen, right. but I did know that the canning and cloning concept would change my life. And, and it has. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been one of the most instrumental things. And so, you know, part of how do you figure out how to do anything? I mean, everyone here would not come here if they didn't have a bigger future goal in mind. And there's a variety. Everyone here is for, you know, different reasons as to why they're here. And, and, and many are here for the same reasons. Like how many people in the room are here because the getting of money and making money is like one of your objectives? Okay. <laughs> how many of you are not here because you don't want any more money? Okay. How many of you, there's another reason why you're here other than make more money? Okay. Shout out. What would some of those reasons be? Free time. Free time? Yeah. What else? How? Free time. Okay. You, you, plan the future of your company. Implement. Give give back. Impact. Oh, okay. I thought I said. I hope you don't say give back. I hope you're greedy. No, no, that's good. Impact. Absolutely. Yeah. So so the the point is. You're already doing what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. I, I swear, I, I, after having like read so many books and so many seminars and so much personal development and everything, I, I literally think the half the battle is simply showing up. I mean, it literally is that Woody Allen yeah. thing. You know, 95% of success is just showing up because the process is just going through it and showing up here. And so uh, most of the things that you could ever think you have challenges with can be either completely figured out how, how to eliminate them. Not that you're going to eliminate them in two days, but you'll get the roadmap and the blueprints on how to do it simply by showing up here. And so if there's anything I could advise people is don't try to overthink it. Just put yourself in the environment. Be a great sounding board. And when we take a break, go and talk to people and think about you know the very best practices that if you had them, if you put them in place in your business would totally, you know, make make the big shift. So that's it. Perfect. Thank you all. Let's take Thanks a how long?